With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to another Rate Don't Hate episode on Anfield Index after a massive, massive game on Sunday. It was Manchester City 2, Liverpool 2 in what many were dubbing as a title decider. And we are here to do the player ratings for Liverpool for that game. I am joined by the resident, I don't know, resident superstar, resident super guest of Anfield Index. Um, Guy Drinkle, Guy, your your praise is getting higher and higher as the weeks go on. Are, are you happier with that than the James Milner sort of tag you were starting to get? I don't think it's accurate because if you're doing <laughs> super guests, you're probably talking Dave or Trev or whoever. But it's better than it's better than Milner, so yeah, I'll take that. I mean, if we do wrestling terms, I think it's the workman, workman of the. I am the Dolph Ziggler or something like that. <laughs> we'll go with. Um, that's very niche there, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to find a better. We'll find a better footballer than James Milner for for such things. I think. Yeah, no. Look, I'm 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 always I'm always happy for a, a Dolph Ziggler or a, the Miz to get their their praise and their flowers in wrestling terms. You don't want to be on that Brock Lesnar schedule where you pop in every now and then, get the big paychecks. That we'll leave that for the Mo Chatras of the world. Um, they always, you know, come in with a lot of hype, a lot of brilliant facts, and and I love his Money Talks podcast. But you know, Dave, Dave also he he's on the sister channel EPL Index, so he floats between brands. Um, so I, I don't know who we would give him. Maybe like a Chris Jericho, who's who's seen that, who's been there, done it all, um, but is still getting the ratings. Can float between any show without any hassle. Um, but yeah, enough wrestling talk, guy, because there's plenty to talk about from a football perspective. Um, what were your thoughts on? Let's get your initial thoughts on this game, uh, two two, and then we'll head into the player ratings. Uh, I I was thinking a lucky escape, which it kind of was, especially with the Mares chance at the end and the way we played first half. <sighs> But it kind of, it kind of feels like opportunity missed. But at the same time, I kind of expected us to draw as well. So it didn't go as as expected because I thought we'd play better than we did. 
But it was a it's a result I was happy with, to be honest. I think as long as we came in, came out of that game still in the title race, and I know we technically wouldn't have been out of it if we lost, but you you know if we lost, they'd have to screwed up twice to basically um, screw up the title, and I don't I don't think the city team's going to do that in seven games again, especially with their running. Um, but yeah, it's it just kind of went, the result was as expected, but. We'll get into it when we get into the ratings. It was so difficult to rate the players because some of them were dreadful, but did stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> and the midfield systemically didn't work. Individually didn't really work. And we'll get into the the specific the specifics of the midfield and stuff like that. But it's just a really weird game to rate. And but the game itself, happy with the result, happy with the result. But a really really up and down. Probably more so down performance, um, but two all jobs done. It seems to be the only result we get against City anyway. So two all, it's what you expect. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, as you said, for me it was as long as we don't lose the game. Mm-hmm. I think we we would have been happy with that result, especially away from home. We know the record they have at the Etihad. I just, I, I was just happy to at least get a draw and then you know try and win it elsewhere in the remainder of the season but yeah guy we'll start as we always do at the back with mr allison becker now it's an interesting one um because he did concede two goals now a lot of people were debating whether or not you know how much he could do with regards to those goals um, it's led to a 7.3 average rating for AI Pro subscribers, which is very similar to our own Steve Smith, because uh, Steve did the player ratings on the website on Anfield Index, or Stephen Smith. Uh, I, I don't know if I can call him Steve. Uh, Stephen, hit me up, let me know. But Stephen Smith did the ratings, and he gave Allison a 7.5, so very close to our AI Pro subscribers um, with that prediction. I know you gave Allison a 6 which was similar to me. I gave him a six as well. But let, let's just break down here. Uh, Steven's gone on to say, made a superb early stop on Sterling uh, before a cruel deflection made De Bruyne's opening goal unreachable. Was kept busy and again could do a little for the goal from Jesus. Had good moments where his positional sense was vital. Um, yeah, so 7.5, solid rating. Uh, but as I said, consider the two goals there. W- was that something that um, probably swung it for you in terms of ratings, or was it something else? I think it was more so the passing out from the back that made me go a bit lower, to be honest. I think in terms of the saves, he obviously was it Sterling in like the second minute or something. That was <laughs> yeah. a really good save. He couldn't really do anything on the uh, on the deflected one. To, I'd credit Jesus being good rather than Allison not making a save on on the second goal for them. To be fair, it's just a really good finish. If he was a bit quicker off as it may be, but it, it, it just kind of happened really quick. But when we were basically panicked um, and they just kind of had us locked in, in in our own half, and I think that's kind of where both goals stem from. It's just they've got us pinned in. Allison was trying to dink passes out to either fullback. I think Robbo shouted at him a couple times as well. Obviously, Obviously, stuff like that's probably instruction from the manager. Because I think Klopp mentioned uh, in his post-match interview on Sky that the way we've got joy against City in the past is playing out from the back and getting around their press and then unleashing the front lads. 
but the way the game was happening, I'm kind of thinking sometimes you just got to go long. Sometimes you just got to let Mane try and win a header against Walker or whoever. Because the way we were playing, especially at the very start, probably the first 30 minutes of the game, it just wasn't really working that that in that regard. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where my dropping down comes from, but he still did Allison things. The sweeping was there. Um, the saves were there. There wasn't huge amounts of saves to make, but um, but the, the the distribution was just... I think that was kind of adding to our panic panicness, panickiness, however the word is. But yeah, I think the distribution was the, the bring down for me uh, of his rating, but he was probably the least of our issues in this game, as we'll get to. Yeah, I think there were bigger issues for him there. And look, the six for me, um, I thought we've definitely seen more uh, confident games from Allison with his feet. And as you say, um, his, his passings, I think he had like a 76% passing completion rate, if I remember correctly, which is around 5 6 7% off what he's, what he's kind of averaging this season. So there is a bit of a drop. Obviously, we know... That comes because of the the pressing and the pressure that City put on um, with with the way they play. It's very almost mechanical and robotic. They know exactly where to be and at what point in time. And I I think that definitely caused Allison a bit of problems. But it didn't just cause Allison problems, Guy. It caused our fullbacks some problems as well. Um, we've got Trent and Robbo here. You've gone a six for Trent, a five for Robbo. And Steven's gone um, with a seven for Trent, so slightly higher than you there, and then a seven for Robertson as well. Now I'm, I'm, I want to pay closer attention to the Robertson one because that's a bit higher than what you've gone with uh, for the pair. Uh, for, for those keeping score at home, I went with a five for Robertson and a six for Trent, so I, I, I wasn't too happy with Robertson's performance in this one, which is interesting because. Robertson obviously had, um, I mean, Trent had the, the the goal that was conceded where he was marking Jesus after the corner. We know our fullbacks like to switch there. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see where those, you know, positions kind of, the, 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 the thinking kind of came with those score predictions. But yeah, so I'll set you up here with, um, especially for Robertson, let's hear what Stephen had to say. He said... Um, Robertson was caught high a, a couple of times early as City drove down the flanks, was up and down the wing like a yo-yo in a game where he was neither good nor bad. Um, is is that something you share your uh, share thoughts with? Um, no, I thought he was pretty bad. Um, I think sometimes he was put under pressure. For instance, the alley one where he turned back and shouted at him. To to be fair. But when even when he was on the ball, just he never really seemed to do robo things. If that makes sense, he wasn't he wasn't really combining well with Mane. Which obviously it's against Man City. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna be one of them games where you're always there. But I don't know. His passing was off. Like passing out from the back, it was very sloppy. Um, it just really wasn't. I just don't think it was his day. I I, I just think. Defensively, I know the Jesus goal comes from Trent, and I think Matip's playing him on side as well. But I thought Jesus has kind of given him a lot more trouble than say Fordham was to Trent in open play. Um, 
Yeah, it was just, I think it was just a really off day from Robbo, because thing you put with Robbo, he's never forgettable, whereas in this, he was forgettable, but when you think, when you really think what he did, you're thinking overhit passes, shouting at Allison for frustration reasons, and Jesus kind of running off the back of him quite a bit, so... Yeah, I, I just remember it being a bad day for Robbo, to be honest. That's why I went with with the five. It it's it just wasn't his day. Uh, it just really wasn't for me. So yeah, I think you gotta be fair with Robbo, because Robbo's not one we've we've given low ratings on this pod over the years because he's not really deserved any maybe a bit last year at times, but yeah, you I think you gotta mark him down. But he wasn't I don't think it was a dreadful like he wasn't getting skinned every two seconds or what like but when he was involved he just kind of very unrobbly. It sounds stupid, but I think it's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> yeah, look, um, from my perspective, I did not get the confidence in him that I'm used to seeing. Um, whether or not it's the personnel thing in terms of having Jesus on that side, but also he also had Carl Walker on that side as well. And when you kind of know someone's got the pace on you, sometimes it makes you react and, and, and act differently. Uh, from a defensive perspective, and and I wonder if that played a factor for him. Um, from an attacking standpoint, I did think you know it, it it it's like you know it. We expect obviously more creativity from Trent uh, than from Robertson. I think it's fair to say. Um, but uh, even in saying that, I didn't think that he was as creative as he could have been on that side. I was wondering if Jesus would have. Uh, tracked Robertson if he was doing overlapping runs and that kind of stuff, but it, we didn't really get to to test Jesus's defensive side of things, which I thought was a bit disappointing for me. And I and I thought a lot of that had to do with uh, Robertson. But as I said, maybe he was worried more about what would happen defensively opposed to offensively, um, and it, it kind of was showing in 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 his game there. But Guy, um, I think everyone's kind of similar with with Trent instead in terms of their ratings. Um, is there anything special that stood out uh, for for Trent that we want to discuss? I mean, he obviously gets the assist mm-hmm. um, for for the goal, and obviously, well done to get your head up and and lay it off for the guy. But is is there anything specifically? I know I saw on Twitter there were some shots of him um, having Foden in his pocket and the likes. Uh, any anything special on on Trent for this game? Uh, yeah, nice assist. Improved massively in the second half of thought because I don't want I don't think he pocketed Foden. I think Foden had a quiet game, but in the first half there was a couple instances where he skinned foot. It might have been Foden, it might have been someone else actually. But he, Trent got skinned a couple times, um, and then he tried to do like a, a almost like a back heel tackle. But in the second half. It, in the second half, I think he did pocket Foden, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a, a mixed game from Trent, because, as I said, he partially at fault for the uh, for the Jesus goal. Um, I think Matip doesn't hold the line as well. It's very tight with Trent as well, so he might have just been onside anyway. But Matip made sure. Um, but, yeah, got the assist. Didn't have the best game going forward, but he still has... He's even went. Like, I think he tried a diagonal and it hit like the first man. You don't really see that from Trent, but at another time, he just 
flips a ball over for two defenders' heads. It's like it was one of them. It was very mixed for him. And I think I went with a six, didn't I? So yeah, a, mi- a mixed day from Trent. I thought he was probably defensively a bit more up and down than Robbo, but overall, I'd, I'd say he was better than Robbo. Yeah, which seems to be the the going in in terms of their their ratings. Um, but yeah, okay, let's move on to the centre backs because you mentioned Matup a few times there with regards to that second goal, um, and it's definitely something that one of the AI Pro subscribers, Matthias, uh, noticed as well because he sent a comment with his player ratings. Um, if I have a look here, he gave Matup a six, he gave Van Dijk a seven. Um, Van Dijk, he kept it short and sweet. He said Van, uh, he said Virgil was good. But in terms of Matip, he said uh, Matip was good, but two actions kind of take marks off. The half-hearted block for the first goal, um, not, not, and he notes that it's not for the first time. And then also he mentions that um, he played Jesus on for the second goal, which is something you've brought up as well. So are, are you sharing on those sentiments in terms of um, kind of the the two actions that led to Matip's score going down. I, I see you've got a seven for Matip and an eight for Big Verge. So similar in terms of um, obviously one score more, but similar in terms of Virgil having a, a higher rating than Matip. And the trend continues with Stephen from Anfield Index because he's got an eight for Virgil Van Dijk and a seven point five for Joel Matip. Um, Matip he says was continually tested and dragged about early on. Um, in what became a hold off City draw. The second saw him less troubled, um, assuming the second half, as Liverpool gained more composure. Moments presented themselves, but Joel Matip stayed the course. Now, yeah, let, let's touch on that offside that's been mentioned a few times. And then Mateus also mentioned the not really coming out to block. Um, you know, it's kind of a heart, half-hearted block for mm-hmm. the first goal. Just on that part that half-hearted block up that's that seems to be something we're willing to do with our center backs to say hey if you can beat allison from distance fair play but once you get maybe into more dangerous shooting position then we'll block you but our center backs tend to sort of jockey you until help comes and then if you if you take a shot and and as i said we we mm-hmm. back allison to save it but that's a wicked deflection that i don't think anyone could really legislate for yeah, I think it's a bit harsh on the half-hearted block. I think he blocks it. It could have went anywhere, and it just kind of goes in the goal. I think you've got to look further forward. I think you've got to look at Fabinho has a, a real half-hearted block in there. I think that's where yeah. you've got to work with that one. And Henderson's kind of out of position as well um, whilst this is developing. So I think you've got to look further forward in, in terms of in terms of people who haven't really done the job there. I think it's just unfortunate from my... I mean, if you wanted to go full John Terry and dive headfirst at the ball, <laughs> I mean, that'd be perfect. But, yeah, we, as you say, we don't really do stuff like that. I mean, he's just he's too lanky. He needs to be a bit wider than it may have blocked him. But <laughs> I think that's bad luck more than anything from Matip's case. I think the offside, we're playing Man City. The pass is perfect. The run's perfect. I think that's pretty much why Jesus played... He's really good at running in behind. Um, I can't remember who passed it. It's probably De Bruyne. It was always De Bruyne, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was. It was a. I don't even think. I think it was just a good day from Matip. I think 
The block, the block, yeah, you can't do out with that. The offside, it's very tight, but we're playing the one team, I say the one team, the one team who could regularly exploit the high line, I think you'd say. Um, so, yeah, I think that I think that's not too bad. The wire went so, I mean, the block, it, it's a strange one. I'm not really seeing a definitive camera angle whether he did get a big touch on Mahrez's chance at the end, but I'm assuming he did. Whether it was going over or whatever, he got a touch on it and it went over. So that's good defending from Matty. Um, but just in general, yeah, I think he defended really well. The high line was pretty much, I think from the centre-back's point of view, near perfect. Obviously, we always credit Van Dijk with um, with Marshall in it, and he does. But Matip's a part of that. I think you've seen Trent wasn't sometimes in line and stuff like that but yeah i thought both center backs were pretty much spot on with the um with the lines as much as you can be against a team as good as city so yeah it's uh it's a tough one but matip big block at the end which i'm giving him credit for just i think van dyke he had a he had a goal line clearance himself and i thought i mean we'll get on to him more dear but defending sterling with just his presence and stuff like that just, <laughs> that's why i went high but i thought matip was overall good and the first goal, yeah, I wouldn't blame him, but we'll we'll get onto that when we get to the two midfielders. Um, but yeah, a good day for Matt, I think. Yeah, let let's move swiftly on to the two midfielders. I mean, there were three midfielders, but I'm keeping one separate because yes. I think um, he was the only one really playing uh, midfield in in that game, or at least playing to a standard that we are familiar with with these players. Um, so let, let's go with the, the inverted commas, the problem makers. Um, as I heard someone saying, uh, earlier today, Fabinho and Henderson. So Steven's gone with 6.5 for both. Um, he mentioned with Fabinho wasn't his best start and gave away the free kick, which led to the city opening goal. He grew into the match in a very difficult game to screen the defense. Uh, crucial yellow was taken for the team late on and generally struggled to maintain his usual dominance with uh, such vibrant city movement. And then for Henderson, he says, uh, endeavor, yes, but lacked control of his positional sense early on, looked out of his comfort zone in this step um, of, of match, I'm getting in this type of match, um, which city at times coasting through him kept going till he went off. Uh, and then I want to throw in Mateus because he also has a comment on Henderson and Fabinho here. Uh, for Fabinho, he says, must not have been 100% because that's not a normal performance worthy of the world's best DM. And then for Henderson, he says, Henderson is an outright liability, leaving us a player short in midfield. Um, I'm sure Thiago will never say it publicly and, and I wouldn't expect him to, but I think Thiago certainly felt he was... Uh, left short a couple of players in midfield with uh, the performances from Fabinho and Henderson in this game. Guy, you've gone with threes for Fabinho and Henderson, which is the lowest score of the day so far I'm seeing in terms of um, the right ratings that I have in front of me. But we know that, you know, I, I gave fours for both of them. So I was close to you. I was close to you. Um, but we know Fabinho is uh you know one of the players you really enjoy so i can imagine mean it's a two what, <laughs> yeah yeah probably means a two but also means 
you know, you giving him a three means you were really not happy with his performance. Um, and then Henderson, I, I don't think played well uh, either. I thought both of them kind of went into a bit of a shell, whether the occasion got to them or as Mateus was, you know, alluding to, maybe they went 100%. Um, but yeah, I thought they were poor. When I think 76% passing uh, passing rate for Fabinho, that, that's not something I expect from him. Um, Henderson, he had 85% passing accuracy um, of his 40 passes, two of them were long balls. Do you think the fact that we did increase the amount of long balls we played in this game factor into, for example, Matt, um, Fabinho's passing accuracy percentage? Because he, he attempted nine long balls and only three of them kind of reached their target. So I, I, I don't think I've seen him go that much um, with long balls uh, this season. And, and if someone knows, maybe they can correct me. But yeah, talk me to the threes for the the, the false midfield. You know, you get false nines. The false six and eight that we had in this game. Absolutely crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> on the long passing, I, I don't even think that's by design. I think that was by panic. I, Klopp literally said, we have to play through City to hurt them. So if you play long balls, Stones is good. He's better than well, everyone apart from Jota, who only scores headers, apparently, um, in the air and stuff like that. So you have to play through City to, to get the space. And, yeah, obviously Fabinho is the pivot. He's the six. Obviously, we can have Thiago dropping and get the ball, etc. Or even Henderson at times. But Fabinho is, is the main six. And he just seemed really panicked. Um. It's probably it must be his worst performance in a Liverpool shirt. Just everything went wrong. The passing was crap, tackling was crap. Had too much to do for a reason. We'll get onto in a sec. But I've never seen Fabinho play like that before. Like even in the early games where he was getting Klopp treatment, six months of treatment into the team, he, he was still more competent than that. He's just he was just all over the place. Like. Kind of lucky to not get sent off. Tiago was as well, but Tiago's a lovable scamp. You get away with it. <laughs> but Fabinho tackling just wrong, positionally all over the place, panicked on the ball. Uh, it just wasn't Fabinho, as you say. Like, and that's probably where this conversation differs. I mean, I'm sure you've been on Twitter a bit. Some people are saying Fabinho's overrated and stuff like. It, it's probably his first bad game. <laughs> like. Two years. It's like he's, I know he had the odd one at centre back, but good lord, in midfield he didn't really have stinkers now. And every now and it's like literally a rarity. Obviously, it happens against City to other people. He is a human, but yeah, Henderson's becoming an issue, isn't he? Um, he really is. Because you, you think with Fabinho, that's a one-off. Whereas Henderson, you're thinking it's becoming the norm. It's really becoming the normality. Bad games, not to this level. Um, but he was chasing Bernardo Silva's shadow all game, pressing the centre-backs when he didn't need to, leaving gaps for Fabinho to cover, who had an off off day. But, I mean, in games where you're playing, I don't know who's mid-table, but Crystal Palace, Fabinho can cover the middle and the right side and help Trent, whatever. But you played against Man City. Cancelo comes into midfield. Bernardo Silva comes into midfield. De Bruyne, the best midfielder in the leagues in the midfield. You can't do that 
you can't leave them spaces against teams like Man City. It's it's impossible for any two midfielders to do. So I think that's kind of a participating factor why Fabinho was so bad. But the stuff you can't blame Henderson for is certainly the on-ball stuff. He was just absolutely god-awful. And the off-ball stuff, it's only partly for Henderson, I think. But, in, yeah, Fabinho was dreadful. But Henderson, he's just had a really bad season. I don't think he was good last season, but you kind of forgive that with the... Um, with the uh, injuries and stuff like that, he was playing centre back. He played six. He was playing eight. He, he was all over the place. But this season, he's really he's played. I think he's played the most out of all our midfield. I, I know he's been subbed more than ever, which is probably from a, a fitness protection point of view. But he's just not. He's not what he was a couple when we won the league. Is he? He really like his running power's gone. His decision making's gone. Like a couple of years ago, maybe trying to press the centre back. What? maybe ill-advised thing, but he had the legs to get back and then some. But now, if he went to go press Laporte in this game, he's he's getting he's getting lost. Like, he used to have the running power to kind of deal with that. Now he just doesn't. And on the ball, it's not good. It's not compensating. Especially in a game against Man City, it's not compensating because he... As the six, he can get on the ball and get involved from deep because he does have good passing range. But as the eight, I mean, you compare it to it's against Benfica. It's really hard. It's it's almost stupid, but I'm going to do stupid thing. You look at how Naby got into the box. It was almost Frank Lampardish. Henderson, I know he's probably got different instructions to keep the width so Trent can come inside. Yada yada yada. But in games where the space is there, he just doesn't attack space like he used to, like 13, 14s a million years ago. But he used to do that so well. It's almost been coached out of him at times because he was the defensive player for years. But I don't know, he just seems like a muddled player and the physicality is leaving him. And it is really a concern because we give him a four-year contract. So, you know, <laughs> it's a bit... Oh, it's not great. We should have probably given him this season to see how he, how he copes. But, yeah, it's it's not good. Fabinho, a one-off, hopefully, but Henderson, he can't be that bad again, but this season's just not been good, and in this game, in this game, he was just lost, like, Silva was literally talk, taking him for a walk like a dog, he, he really was, and when he was off leash, he was just buggering off to do whatever he wanted, so, yeah, it, it's a concern, Um, the midfield again, it's not really the podcast, but we go into the summer thinking, we probably need a starter in midfield. But that's only my view. I mean, Klopp might be asking him to do stupid... That just makes me sound like such a big-headed knob. But Klopp might be asking him to press the um, the centre-back and stuff like that. But as I say, he used to have the legs to do that and get back. Whereas I don't think he does now. Um, so yeah, that contract's looking more worrisome by, by, the, uh, by the game at the minute. It's interesting stuff there. Um, but yeah... The contract, um, personally, I, I, I say fair play to Henderson and his um, team. PR team. Because, <laughs> yeah, because look, they they played the game and they won. So fair play to them on that perspective. From Liverpool perspective, I don't think they should have caved. Um, but hey ho, yeah. Look, when you've got when 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 they've got Bernardo Silva and Kevin De Bruyne. As the two eights, you know, with Rodri sitting behind them, you need to be so disciplined in midfield because any space, as you were saying, if if you're playing like a Crystal Palace or something, you can afford one of their midfielders to get the ball. Like you can 
focus on just Gallagher from an attacking perspective from midfield, for example. Or you can target, you know, a team if you're targeting Declan Rice or something from a West Ham. Mm. You can usually target one player in midfield from a team. But we've seen um, in games, it's no coincidence that it's games against Man City and games against Chelsea where all the midfielders are good. You, You can't... You but can't then, just... even then, the fullbacks are midfielders. The centre-backs are midfielders. Exactly. It's just, it's too much. Yeah, so, you know, in, in in those games, you can't, like, Fabinho can't run laterally, you know, to try and cover the, 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 the gaps that are being left because it's De Bruyne and it's Silva. These are two really, really good um, midfielders, probably world-class in, in many people's views. So either one of them getting the ball in space is going to be dangerous. More so when we do play a high line, what works for us with the high line is we stop a lot of their chances from the source. So, uh, you know, a De Bruyne won't have enough time. You know, a De Bruyne of another team, for example, won't have enough time to play a, a long ball that causes us problems uh, until we've set the lineup and 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 we're ready for that offside trap and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I thought poor performance from both. As you say, from Fabinho, you hope that it's just a blip, um, and that he, you know, shakes it off and and gets back to the level that we've seen, you know, most of this season. Um, I, I I think this is his worst performance, just in a Liverpool shirt. Not just necessarily to say this season. I I don't think he's ever. He's had a, a more struggles. Yeah, I don't think he's had a bad game this season. To be fair, I yeah. have to go through the ratings, but yeah, it's not. He's a yeah, rarity. So it's a, it is a rarity. But from Henderson's perspective, as you said, this is becoming the norm for him. Um, I was hoping that he wasn't going to start, but I had no doubt in my mind that he was starting this game. Absolutely. I just knew you just knew he was starting this game. You know that that that's just how football works sometimes, and. If we go and win the game, you know, you say the manager was right. If you go and lose the game, then maybe you say the manager was wrong. And, you know, you roll that dice and you trust your players to perform in big games. I just think that, you know, I just think it's unfortunate that he chose this game to once again not have a good performance. But, hey, we're still in the race, so it's fine. Let's focus on the positives from midfield. I mean, it wasn't miraculously positive, but... When you're grading compared to what we saw from the other two midfielders, um, I thought Thiago did really well in this game. 89% um, pass completion rate guy from midfield, a midfield that was being pressed to death uh, by Man City. They weren't being given enough space. what did you think of his performance? I mean, looking at interceptions, he had the most interceptions of our midfield because Fabinho and Henderson didn't have any interceptions. Thiago had three interceptions in the game. And not just that, if I'm not mistaken, he won aerial duels as well. Now, if Thiago's winning aerial duels, there's no excuse for everyone else not to be putting in a shift from that perspective. But yeah, I, I thought it was a very good overall midfield performance from him fortunate not to be sent off but um i think the fact that he's one of those players that doesn't look like he's necessarily malicious when it comes to challenges and stuff so his reputation helped him out in this game but um yeah what did you make of tiago's performance i'm scanning here you've gone with a seven Mm -hmm. for tiago um steven has gone with an eight for mm-hmm. Thiago, a delight, um, a delight win in possession and needed more of the ball for Liverpool to start bouncing. 
had tricky moments where the pace of the game had him flying into challenges, but his on-ball work was lovely at times. And in terms of just, as as Stephen's saying, not getting him the ball enough, he he had 68 touches in this game. And that's one of the higher ones in our team. I mean, the highest was Virgil with 72. So not a lot of touches, um, but I thought Thiago used his touches uh, quite well in this one. Yeah, he was the only midfield who was anywhere near as normal. Well, <laughs> we mentioned that so this come in the door. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go back. We'll go back to a couple of years to his normal level. Uh, but yeah, Thiago was the only one anywhere near as normal. He was the only one who seemed comfortable in that game of that magnitude. I know we've seen Fabinho be excellent against Man City, but yeah, one one off game. But Thiago. It's weird with Thiago. I don't want to say comfortable because sometimes on the ball, it's like, why are you doing step overs? <laughs> you get what I mean? Like he's doing step overs. There's two people pressing him. Like, I this is Man City. I'm going to have a heart attack. Please don't. But he he was I'll air quotes comfortable on the ball. It wasn't comfortable watching it. Um, but his passing was really good. I, I think he forced the first goal, if I remember correctly, or was it the second? I think it was the first one. Um, with a switch, a player which I think Klopp again in in his post match said we've hurt them with um, diagonal passes before, and it didn't really work out with Trent and Robbo. So maybe Thiago was one tasked with that as well. Um, yeah, he was the only one who seemed he just seemed fine. Like I'm not, I think his performance is good, but he just seemed fat. Like he's, he's played in these big games. So yeah, he played in the El Clasicos, Bayern v Dortmund, Champions League. He was the best player in Champions League run for Bayern the other year. Uh, he just seemed natural in, in, in this situation. It's it really, it, he just played the Thiago game and that's how, it, that's how I'd word it. I think, they didn't really press him that well, but out of our line midfield, he's probably t- pressed Thiago the least. But I-, I think he showed why why we've missed him when he's been injured in these games, because there's not really... Naby can do some of it, but the others really can't. Um, but yeah, th- I, th- I thought Thiago was really good. I- I- it's hard to explain why, other than just saying he did Thiago things. Really good pressing. Uh, I meant to say passing there, but he was good at pressing as well, I assume. He just seemed... It's the things you don't, you didn't expect, because we've all watched Thiago at some at some bit. But when he signed, you realise he can well. He couldn't tackle for the ter- first two months of his <laughs> Liverpool career, but uh, he seemed once he settled in, he's now tackling, he's now pressing, he's now defending so much better. And we really needed him in, in this game because he was basically a midfield on his own. Um, yeah, it, I'd probably. If this was just a normal game, I'd probably go for a six, but considering the other two being that dreadful, that's probably why I went with a seven. I, I thought it was really good. So, yeah, I, I went with a seven, because against that midfield of of Man City's, with our midfield playing the way they did, he kind of stepped up. So, yeah, big props to, to Thiago. Yeah, and he got Stevens man of the match uh, for this game. And we'll we'll save our one for the end of the podcast. But a, a good game from him. I think also when you when you're looking relative to what else you're seeing in midfield, just having a normal Tiago performance is insanely invaluable in in a game like this. Uh, when when the other midfielders are not performing well, look for what it's worth. The way I see it, um, I just hope that 
it's a blip for Fabinho, as I said. And then I hope that Henderson improves because as bad as I thought he played, I wouldn't be surprised if he's thrown into the next big game because that's just the nature of the beast. He will be involved in key games for Liverpool Football mm. Club, especially this season. Um, you yeah. know, people might not want it, but that's that's the reality of the well, situation. You have to, now so he's here for the next four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So from my perspective, I just hope he has good games. Um, and and then we 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 take that as it comes. You sort of take yeah. it on the chin. And every now, every Liverpool fan wants to wants him to improve. I know AI gets the gets the anti. Well, it's, it's mainly Dave. Let's be honest. But <laughs> even even Dave wants Henderson to be a good player. Because he plays for Liverpool and Dave supports Liverpool. Um, exactly. Yeah. Every, so yeah, every player be better, that puts but, on that jersey, yeah. we 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 want to give them a ten. But uh, the reality of the situation is, we give the rating that they've earned in the game. It's yeah. not my fault that I'm giving Henderson a four. It's Henderson's fault. He's getting a four. Uh, that's not on me, man. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'll be happy to give everyone a 10 every single week, but that's not how it works. Guy, someone we were hoping also, you know, in the, in the, in the theme of, is it a blip? Is it the new norm? God forbid it's the new norm, but Mo Salah hasn't had the best of time since January. I mean, he's played an insane amount of football, so I, I don't blame him too much on the dip in form i think it's understandable where where that dip has come from and and why it's uh, you know come about this late into the season with the amount of football that he's played this season the amount of stress that he's been under this season from a club level and also from an international level as well probably more so on an international level Mm -hmm. considering what he was playing for and what was at stake in in all of those games but Mo Salah, according to Steven, looked dangerous early with intent in his movement. A sublime pass for Mane's goal could be what was needed. Uh, drew defenders and looked more impactful. And I'll jump quickly to Mateus, who, with regards to Salah, he said, Salah looked sharper than in a long time. Did you feel that with Salah, that he felt sharper um, than he did in a long time? I see you've given him a six in this one, a yeah. seven from... Um, a seven from Steven and Mateus has given him a six as well. So he he's maybe in the same same light as you with his six, but is the reasoning the same? Did you think he looked sharper? I think he did, yeah. Certainly in patches. The first half was just crap by every because I don't obviously he did touch the ball. But I don't remember Matt, uh, Salah touching the ball in the first half. There's probably something where he screwed up a pass or something like that. But in the second half he obviously got an assist. He should have probably got another assist when Jota, um, I think he shot too early or shot with the wrong foot, certainly, um, just after our uh, second goal. Um, so in that regards, yeah. And obviously he's up against Cancelo. Cancelo's not the best defender, but he's right-footed. So Salah cutting in, it kind of matches up badly for Salah. Yeah. Um, I think they had a... Re- Second half especially, because first half we were nowhere. Second half, them two had a really good duo. I think Salah got the best of him for like a 15-20 minute, minute period, then Cancelo came back in. So in that regard, I think Salah did improve. I think he did improve against Benfica as well. Not to his level pre-AFCON, certainly. But getting back up to speed, I think is probably how I'd word it. He, he's certainly looking better. I'm not sure if he'll play on Wednesday night, because we might think... 
we're three one up. We can rest him. We can take him, but be on the bench because we can play Mane or whatever. And then we can maybe rest Mane for the cup semi final or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think he was certainly better in patches. I think in patches you saw uh, the usual Mo Salah because he, he, I think he put Cancelo on his ass a couple of times in one <laughs> move. Uh, the assist is, is phenomenal. I almost feel like I should have went for a seven, but the first half he did nothing. But none of us did. None of them did. Um, no, I'll stay at a six. I'll stay at a six because it was like a 20-minute spell more than anything. Um, but yeah, promising, but you still want more. It's probably how it He didn't really have a goal for it other than the, the shot that should have been a corner. Um, that's probably where we're still missing because the pass is phenomenal, but he didn't really have any more shots that I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah, still more to come, but promising. That's probably how I'd word it. That's weird for a six, but recently with more, it's probably been fours and fives, really. So a six is up upwards trajectory. <laughs> but uh, yeah, prom- heading, prom- yeah, promising. He's but, heading uh, in the right direction. Yeah. Which promising, is good. but more to come. Yeah, and as you said, he he only had the one shot in this game. So you're hoping that the volume of shots definitely increases going forward. Uh, from my perspective, yeah, I think. I think his game does need the likes of Jota in it at the moment um, so that he does rack up a lot more assists and the creating of chances whilst that's still going well for him. Uh, I think even throughout the whole, the, you know, this whole second half of the season, the creativity is still there for Mo. It's just um, the, the, obviously the goal scoring, the bit of sharpness in certain situations has not quite been there. Uh, but as I said, that that's all understandable. Um, Guy, let's move on to the aforementioned Diogo Jota. He gets a goal in this game and does nothing else, which kind of is what Jota is. Um, you can't expect him to do much other than put the ball in the back of the net. And basically his rating depends on if he does put the ball in the back of the net. He he hovers between a four performance and a seven <laughs> yeah. based on whether or not he does score if in that game. He scores more than one, yeah, you're talking eights and Because <laughs> my God, he he is not good in build-up play. I, yeah. I don't think we can rely on him in any shape or form. And, you know, God bless him. I, I hope that part of his game does improve for us. But, I mean, he had 53% pass accuracy in this game. And in terms of, you know, he had... 25 touches of the ball. As I said, one of them is the crucial one because it, 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 he gets the goal from that. But my thing with uh, Jota is I'm getting to that point where, I, as I said, I'm, I'm hovering between a four and a seven because at a club like Liverpool Football Club, you can't just be a goal scorer because goals do dry up mm. at certain points in time and then you're not helping the team. Fortunately, in this game, that wasn't a factor for him because he does get the goal. But it's one to keep uh, keep an eye on, I think, going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he struggled in this game. I thought he didn't help us in terms of keeping the ball. Um, at times when we were being pressed, we mentioned, you know, the likes of Allison was struggling with the passing. Um, pretty much everyone, Bartiago, was struggling with the passing in this game. But... Jota was 
non-existent for me in the build-up play in in this specific game. Did you feel the same for him? Um, I see your scoreline here is a six, which mm. is the same as the upwards trajecting uh, Mo Salah. Is, are you feeling the same as me, where Jota's hovering between a really bad score and an okay score based on obviously getting that goal? Absolutely. Well, question before: Was he always this bad at build-up play? I feel like this uh, is an in, this is an issue that came after we after his injury, which was what, that was a cup semi, was that the cup final? I think it was about then. I don't remember him being that bad in build-up play. Well, the the thing with Jota is a lot of his dribbling is shins and deflections and bobbles and that going his way. So if if you do watch him um, when he's building up, and, and I won't go too deep into this because mm-hmm. obviously this is a specific player ratings podcast, but watch watch the way he dribbles and runs with the ball. It's very clumsy. A lot of the time, the ball bounces off the other teams, you know, the other player defending him, their legs, or it bounces off of Jota's shins. It's not as controlled. So there are times where it bobbles and it lands still with Jota and he gets past. And then, okay, that's good. And then there are times when it doesn't. So it, it's a rub of a green where, where is it falling for him? Are those bobbles in his favor at the moment or are they not? And at the moment, they're not. So it makes it look even worse. But mm. the times when he is successful with it, it, it is still clumsy. But obviously, people won't you know, scrutinize those moments because he got away with it. But yeah, if, if you guys do want to... If you guys were wondering, like, guy, why that's have a look at when Jota runs with the ball. It's very, very clumsy, and and I think at the moment it's just not the bobbles aren't <laughs> going in his favor at the moment. Um, whether or not he improves that, we'll see. And it goes further to the thing um, I said when you first came in um, with Kalen and yourself, while saying he he looks like someone that trained as a striker, as like a a, a goal scoring number nine growing up as a kid and we can see it with the, the the goals that he scores the movement he has inside the box and then you can also see it with his build-up play because he he comes across as the kid that was in terms of acceleration at least that was quicker than all the other defenders that that he played against as a kid so he never really needed to build that technique from a drib- dribbling standpoint because i'm just going to kick the ball and run past you Pretty much, and then obviously had the speed and acceleration with the movement inside the box to 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 get in goal scoring position. So it, it further confirms what I always thought that this guy trained as 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 a as a number nine as a kid. But yeah, for for this game, guy, anything else to add in terms of Jota doing what I suppose we expect from him, which is not good in the build up, but coming up with the goal when we need it. Yeah, I think I'd usually go with a seven if it was like one chance and you got the goal, but I went with a six because he had a couple other chances. There was one, I think it was on the left-hand side, um, and he kind of just tapped it towards Edison more than anything. And then there was the one where I mentioned earlier where Mo passed to him just after we scored our second. So he did have a couple more chances, which I think he should have at least taken one. So that's probably why I went down with a six rather than sticking with a seven but yeah the, the build-up play i think it, it it works fine if more and mine are at their peak of their powers but neither of them are so it's kind of getting highlighted more which probably adds on to what you're saying there so yeah it's uh 
it, it's a strange one with Jota, but he's scoring the goals. You can't really criticise him for that. It's not his game to be for me. I think Firmino would have played, but apparently he seemingly missed the last training session, didn't he? And he was on the bench, but yeah, th- that game was screaming out for Firmino. I, I didn't even give the ratings for the subs. That's how forgettable they were, but yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> He was almost a shame he missed the training session, seemingly. But yeah, Jota had a he had a strange game. Should have scored more, but even even his goal, Edison should have saved. Let's be honest, but yeah, uh, a real and he should have laid game. it off to to Salah when he was through. On I, I thought that was that's the one I was um, on the left. I think yeah, I think mean, that's the one. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. That um, was one so, that really dropped his rating for me. Yeah. Um, but guy, you've you've. Gotten all the forwards with sixes, yeah, because mm. Mane got a six for you. I'm curious about that score because I've got an eight here from Stephen who says, um, was in and out of the game in the early exchanges. His goal was brilliant and his display was very good. The work was there, the movement and the finish, very good from Sadio. And from my perspective, I thought of the three, he was the better player. Uh, and I was surprised that he was the one that got substituted in the game. Um, Mateus mentions Mane was good throughout. So why a six for Mane? He's got a seven from Mateus. He's got an an eight from Steven, and he's got a seven from me. The six is yours. Uh, let us know why. I just felt he was a bit... I don't know, it might have been more so how he ended the game, because I think when he went to the... I know he... I think the last thing he did was track really well on a free kick. So this might sound harsh, but when he went to the central role, I just think it kind of just went really sloppy. I think that was a good a good time to press home our new danger with Diaz and stuff like that, but then he just didn't... It didn't I don't know, he just kind of went to shit. <laughs> <laughs> to word it bluntly. Um, I might just be misremembering, but I just think he was kind of similarly sloppily, sloppy as, as um, Jotter at times and similarly not as involved as more. So I just went with all three as the same, to be fair. Obviously the goal, that's probably why it should be higher, to be fair. But I don't know. I mean, Salah's pass is exquisite. I didn't give him a seven. The finish is really good. Jota scored a goal, I give him a six. So I kind of just felt all three should be the same. They all had goal involvement, but all equally not involved enough and sloppy at times. So I kind of just thought I'd go all three the same. That's what I was thinking, really. That's fair. That's fair. I I, I can get where you're coming from with that one. Um, yeah, not, not a game to remember for our front three. Not a game either to remember for the subs that came on, in my opinion. Diaz came on. on. (laughs) (laughs) Diaz came on 70th minute for those that do, you know, that were keeping score. Navigator on 78th minute. I thought, first and foremost, I thought the Navigator one was a little too late Mm, in the game. But, um, and I was, uh, you know, during the game, I think the thought process for me with why. Cater came on too late or why he he was then put on quite late was I think if you've got Fabinho, Naby Cater and Thiago that is a very adventurous front three and maybe having Henderson there instead of Naby gives at, at least the perception that it's mm. a bit more controlled or it's a bit more defensive mm. <laughs> and I wonder if if we were down 2-1 
for long, a long period in in that second half. Yeah. I don't have a doubt that Naby would have been on at 60. But I think at 2-2, we were happy to keep that game state and try and go and win it at the end rather than go down 3-2 yeah. or 4-2. Oh, that that was... Yeah, that that was the the game state that I got from from how we approached it there. But yeah, so I thought he came on too late from my liking, but I get why he came on too late. Sort of a we'll take the two two if we do go on and score a third, fantastic. But first and foremost, let's let's see out the draw, lick our wounds, and and we'll try and win the league in other games. But yeah, so they came on. Um, I, I gave them both sixes. I thought they were okay, but nothing special, nothing. Nothing too impactful, which was irritating for me, especially from Diaz's perspective, because I'm thinking a fresh Diaz coming on could really change the game. So maybe I blame myself for for putting too much pressure on his substitution. I really thought he was going to come and just become a maverick and, and just, you know, destroy any sort of structure that the game had, because we know he can just do magical things at times. Um. But yeah, uh, from Steven's perspective, um, we've got 6.5 for Diaz, a 7 for Naby Keita. You know, Diaz bought some real purpose and very direct in his play. And then for Naby, he was refined and very efficient in his work. Um, I've not mentioned Bobby because he came on in the 84th minute. I don't think there was too much to write home Probably about. Probably why you him. think he was injured, as well, more injured than so, yeah. we expect as well. I mean, he had three touches, guys. I, I don't think it's Ten. fair to give him to, to give him a rating. He, he barely got into the swing of the game. But yeah, guy, do you have any thoughts on the subs at all? I forgot to give him a rating. To be honest, today, as <laughs> soon as you mentioned the subs, I was like, "Ooh, um, I'd probably agree with six as well for the for the two that actually played more than three seconds." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree. I think both were too late, to be honest. I think you could see Jota, he was a goal threat, but the system wasn't working around him. Obviously, we just scored, maybe just wanted to let it roll on a bit and see, but maybe 60-odd mins, you kind of just go, Diaz, you've got 30 mins plus whatever's left in added time or extra time. Um, yeah, so that's probably, it's always been the one thing about Klopp. He, he waits a bit long. He wants the people on the field to sort it, but yeah, um, a bit of an issue. And if you want it, it's a shame because Naby played so well against Benfica, but I, I do agree. I think maybe Klopp still thinks it, but I mean, for me, I, I, Naby's probably been one of our be- our second best defensive midfielder this season with after Fabinho. So yeah, may, maybe if he felt again, maybe add a bit more control in there, but. The game was getting mad then, so maybe he thought Henderson could be a bit better in the madness or something like that. But yeah, it's uh, ifs and buts. We we got the all right result. You can't really dawn on the last 15 minutes of what subs could do in that time. So yeah, sixes for the for the subs, but not a bad day, I don't think, all around. No, not not a bad day. A less desirable start to the game from yeah. the players. I'd rather I thought, a draw in um, different, <laughs> different performance. Yeah, but yeah. So the performance not so great in the first half. The character, as old Broj would say, Cheers, was good to to 
come back from behind twice and see out that second half, a better performance in that second half. Um, some questionable performances in terms of player ratings, some good performances, uh, specifically Thiago. Is, is that undisputed man of the match guy? I I put Van Dyke. I put Ooh. Van Dyke. Yeah, he, he was my only ace in the game. Um, I I thought after yesterday, I thought it was Thiago, especially the the circumstances. But Van Dyke, a goal line or stopping a a goal bound shot, defending Thiago, Thiago defending Sterling just with presence alone, <laughs> which I, <laughs> I love. I love every time that happens. Um. Yeah, I thought Van Dyke was just pretty much spot on throughout the entire game. I know City didn't make loads of clear cut chances, but if it wasn't Van Dyke, basically fear factor when I say alright, I think Sterling, if that was Matip, I think Sterling would have tried to take on Matip more confidently, for example. Um, but because it's Van Dyke, he, he almost panics and tries to cut in and play the safe option. But yeah, stuff like that. I, I, Van Dyke was man of the match for me, but. If you went Thiago, if you went Matip for the for the last minute tackle slash block on the shot, yeah, I, I think it's between them three really. Yeah, um, I'd given it to Thiago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Stephen's given it to Thiago as well. You said you you're okay with Thiago getting oh, it. That's fine, um, yeah. But Van Dijk is a special shout out for him as well. He also got an eight from from Stephen, so I think it was close between him and Thiago for man of the matches. They both got eights. But yeah, guy, that is going to do it for another episode of Rate Don't Hate. Um, just some housekeeping. Um, we have the Champions League this week. We obviously don't do Champions League ratings. We don't do FA Cup ratings either, which is on the weekend. So we will be back in quite a while, Mr. Drinkle, 19th mm. of April. Just a small game of... Um, Manchester United and obviously the bigger occasion is that it is Mr. Guy Drinkle's birthday um, so I'm expecting another 5-0 performance from Liverpool just to just to give you a lovely end to your birthday but do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote before we wrap up? Uh, two-footed on the Friday, I'll be on with Dave, well posting him for half the podcast and on I'll be doing the post-match on City for the Cup game and I will be hosting Dave Hendrick, and Trev Downey will be a guest. Oh, that's what's set at the minute. So I will Ooh. be hosting Trev. So we've gone a bit opposite land here. So we get to hear Trev's opinion on stuff rather than just being the host for once. So that should be fun. But yeah, that is set. I think we kick off at 3, don't we? Or 3.15. It's like some random time, I think, isn't it? So that's on Saturday. That'll be on Discord. Um, so yeah, that should be fun. Um, so that's uh, all from me this week, I think. That is fantastic stuff. Guys, from my end, and Guy, you're on Twitter at Guy Drinkle. I am indeed. Okay, guys, you can find me on Twitter at Tad Predicts. Go and check out a Tad Predictable on the EPL Index channel. We will be doing score predictions for this weekend's Premier League games, the ones that are being shown. Um, and then also score predictions for next week's midweek Premier League games as well. There will be two shows coming out. One this week, another one early next week, probably Monday or late on Sunday. And definitely have a very good Easter for those that are celebrating. But until next time, guys, take care and goodbye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. 
there's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.